That's right. On the block with you here for another half an hour or so. Thanks for dialing in the stream, Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, and Twitter. We're stream only right now because the Kansas City Royals are taking on the San Francisco baseball giants. That's why you got on. That's why you got on a shirt right now. That's why I'm repping. Yes, you, you're, you're just trying to give them a little mojo because right now they're off to a terrible start. I've been giving them as much mojo as I possibly can, and it's worked one out of seven times so far this season. <laughs> but I can't be all to blame because uh, when Nate Brennan wasn't in Kansas City, they won a, a World Series, made it to a pennant. So, Nate, I'm not saying it's all your fault that the Royals suck, but I am saying you have to at least take some of the blame. I am. He well, left. I don't know he- if I should be taking all the blame. Well, first and foremost, guys, thank you for having me. Always great to be back on the block uh, here, ninety-three-seven. The ticket. I don't know if I want to take all the blame because uh, one, the Royals were one of the worst teams, if not the worst team in baseball last season. I don't think they officially finished the worst record in baseball. And two, I don't think I should uh, take the blame because I did teach Vinny Pasquantino everything that he knows. I played with him in middle school. Well, how's that working out so far this season? Uh, not great, but again, I taught him everything he knows and everyone knows that I am, uh, the definition of a, a great athlete. So he'll be fine. You may have been the smartest man in, uh, the room at times, but you're definitely not the smartest one in KC. The pool is way too big. Nate Brennan, what's going on down in KC? How are things for you? And are you enjoying the transition thus far? Yeah, man, it's been great. Uh, right now, we're kind of getting anticipated for uh, the NFL draft. I'm, I'm doing a story right now on the NFL draft experience, which is coming, which is pretty cool. I mean, basically gives you an inside look of uh, kind of what goes on behind the scenes in the NFL. Let's try on some jerseys, put on some gear. I'll run the 40 yard dash so I can uh, compare myself to Jay Foreman and tell him that I'm still faster than him. Uh, but it's good, man. It's been awesome. Been to a couple Royals games, got to cover opening day. Lots of good things happening in case you guys got to come visit. It's just right down the road. Ah, you've enlightened me. Um, my daughter will be playing in a volleyball tournament next week, so I will be making my way down there um, next weekend. I-, I will be in the gym a lot of the time, but, of course, I will be uh, tasting some stricken and having uh, some sipping of some uh, good red. All right. Six sounds like a plan. You have to let me know. All right, man. Listen, what's – um. What is your thoughts right now as the NBA season begins to come to a close? Uh, is it shaping up how you envisioned it? Have you? Is it shaping up how you thought it? Is there any surprises in there? Um, any tankings that somebody is doing that's kind of working in their favor at this point? And lastly, are the Dallas Mavericks done? Oh, my goodness, Drake. Uh, that's, that's a loaded question. Uh, so loaded. Foremost, I want to give myself a little bit of credit because I did tell you guys last time that I was on on the block uh, that the, the Lakers would end up with the 60s. They would avoid the play, and it looks like that's going to come down to the wire right now. The Clippers, uh, Golden State Lakers, and New Orleans are all with We look like we, what? We, we, we look like we had a – uh, he pushed a button. Um, at this point, we'll try to get Nate Dog back on the line, um, or hopefully he'll call back in. But at this point, we'll we'll continue on on the discussion and the conversation. He was basically saying that um, he had talked about the Lakers kind of breaking through and breaking in. Um, I will say when we talk about the Lakers. Oh, there he is. Hey guys, can you hear me? Yeah. Go ahead, finish it up. Sorry about that. I lost you there for a second. I'm going through Missouri. Uh, I will always take Kansas better than Missouri. 
Uh, going off what I was saying, uh, this is the biggest thing is that they're all within a game of each other. I think the Lakers still do end up getting that six season. That doesn't surprise me. Going to the Mavericks trick, um, I think that's a loaded question, and I want to get your thoughts in Austin as well because there's been a lot of heat and a lot of pressure on Luka Doncic recently and saying, okay, you're one of the best players in the NBA, uh, maybe kind of an early LeBron factor that if you're this great generational talent, why aren't you winning more? Well, my, my counter-argument to that would be last year he went to the Western Conference Finals. Uh, you get rid of Jalen Brunson, which I think the Mavericks front office is probably regretting right now. But then on top of that, you bring in Kyrie Irving, and when the two of them have played together, it hasn't looked great. Yeah. Whenever Kyrie, when Kyrie got to the Mavericks, it seems like their season has completely tanked and plummeted. So when it comes to the Mavericks, man, I don't know. It's strict. We had this conversation before I left, too. Where does that leave Luka Doncic? Is he a guy that you're going to build a team around? Is he a guy that's going to win an NBA championship? Right now, to be entirely honest with you, I don't know. He leads in four categories, and I'll let Austin speak as well, so I'll be very brisk and short. Um, he leads in four cl- categories for them, rebounds, points, assists, and steals. The fact that he leads in rebounds is something that is very disappointing in itself. That shows me that they have they don't have strong for- front court presence. It's okay for your, your rebounder to be there, but you should have a guy that's working on a double-double aspect if you're going to have some success. Second, um, all of his numbers are quite good. But Kyrie has a tremendously better plus minus than than uh, Luca, so I can't fully blame it on Kyrie at this point. Um, I just think that they're just having trouble figuring out who to go, when to go, how to go, and who's going to be the guy when they need to go. That's that's kind of the way I envision it, and why I think there's so much trouble at this point. And I think they're they they I think they overplayed uh, Max Kleber. Um, I think they've overpaid Dwight Powell. And so they're stuck with, with role guys that don't really help them in the roles that they need to help them in. And if they could have gotten rid of those and they could actually use Christian Wood a little bit more and without having to worry about you got guys sitting on the bench that you're paying a lot of money, you need to try to play them so that they can make good plays so that you can trade them. But that's not happening for them. So they're kind of in a stuck mode and it might hurt them with regards to Luca. That's my fault. What Luca needs is a, a Paul George or a Jalen Brown, someone that can play on the ball defense, be a primary defender, but also go get buckets. Yeah. You know, where they're they're big enough in terms of their skill, but they're not as big in terms of the ego. I mean, Jalen Brown, I know what he said about Boston, but he's been more than willing for the most part to take a backseat to Tatum in there. Paul George, you know, was the alpha in OKC was the guy in Indiana, but I think him with the Clippers, when he can be that second guy behind a healthy Kawhi, that's perfect for them. So if Luca can focus more on running the offense while still having someone to, you know, take some load off on that end, but someone that covers for him on defense that can change a game defensively, he needs a superstar like that, not someone that amplifies the offensive end in the similar way that he does. What, what about well, you? Austin, what's so crazy about that? You know, you basically just described Jalen Brunson. Was having a career year in New York, right? I mean, I mean sure. that, that's the thing that's the craziest part about this is that you could make the argument the last season they had that guy and it meant so well they went to the conference finals and then yeah. you let him walk for 20 mil a year. Yeah, you gotta be picking yourself if you're Dallas. Yeah, you didn't want to pay him. And but here's the thing Dallas has a way of doing this regularly, Nate. They did it back when they had Steve Nash. And he goes on to win two MVPs. Right. <laughs> They've done it when they had uh, they win the championship, and they don't bring some of their 
those guys Stevenson and Chandler back and they don't run it, um, then you end up losing those types of situations and and uh, you're putting a still a lot of pressure on Dirk instead of alleviating pressure from Dirk and, and that and nothing gets done at that point. They have a track record of doing that. Which has to be frustrating for you, Dirk, if someone that was a part of the organization because it seems like you, you have the pieces, right? I mean, if you look at Luka Doncic, I'm with everyone on this, and I think he is a generational talent. But to Austin's point, like, you need to have that Robin that isn't a ball-dominant guy like a Kyrie Irving, a guy that can hit shots, a guy that can play defense. And then you bring in a guy who's been shopped around the league and his track record shows outside the Cavaliers everything he's been on has gotten worse. And you're going to tell me that that guy is going to help a 23, 24-year-old Luka Doncic? I'm not buying it. And I think that it's going to ultimately probably be what gets Luka Doncic out of Dallas. It, it's kind of crazy, but they're going to ultimately end up having to sign him because there's who you're going to go get at this point. Go ahead. Yeah, I, I was going to switch gears then, Nate, bring it home a little closer to Kansas City and NFL headline. Um, Tyreek Hill says he's going to retire after 2025. That kind of blew my mind to hear him say that. And if I'm the Chiefs, I feel like I won that trade even more. You lose a talent like Tyreek Hill, but if you're only going to give up three, four seasons of him to Miami, you make that deal a million times out of 10. Well, it really comes down to, in my opinion, what you're looking for in a franchise, right? I would say that long-term, uh, or even short-term for that matter, the Chiefs won the Super Bowl, that, that you probably win that trade. Um, I think what's so fascinating, and, and Jim Ursay, the, the owner of the Colts, talked about this recently. He talked about how the Rams basically gave up the farm, everything, to get Matt Stafford. Well, you get Matt Stafford in the first year that he's with the team, you win the Super Bowl. At what cost? We look at the Rams this past season. You're a bottom team in the NFL. You don't even have your first-round pick. That's going over to uh, Detroit. So it's back and forth. I think that for the Dolphins, you look at them as an organization and you look at them as that team that when they had Ryan Tannehill, I think they made the playoffs once. Before that, they were a lacking stock, one of the worst teams in the NFL. Tyreek Hill is the type of player that's going to make an impact immediately and going to make you a playoff contender. The problem is, is, is he a big enough piece that's going to help you win a Super Bowl? And I think that's what every team is chasing. And that's why I say, on the flip side of that, if you trade for Matt Stafford, even if he's healthy for one season, you won the Super Bowl. That's what you got to be going for. But, hey, the Super Bowl still currently runs through Kansas City. So, yeah, I would have to agree with you. They probably won that trade. Strick said Tyreek Hill's capping, that he's not going to retire after 2025. Strick, why do you think that? And, Nate, do you agree? I think it's cap because I, I believe that um, he's positioning himself for an, a potential out if it doesn't work out. You still there's some uncertainties with Tug of Iloa from Tua, um, who the quarterback is going to be, uh, what they're are they going to be able to you know reproduce what he did? I mean his numbers jump significantly, fourteen hundred. His targets are solid. Um, you know. Is he comfortable with Waddle? Is 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 what he's looking at going to be the same in the next three to four years, and uh, well, actually two uh, two years now, um, as opposed to the extension of his contract, which would give him a potential out or exit to look for the best situation and circumstance to get back to caliber of winning championships. I think what's so interesting. 
interesting with Tyreek Hill, and, and I don't really know which side I, I lean on this because we, we've seen this before with superstars. Okay, you create a timeline, you create a date, that maybe you retire for a year, you come back, maybe you decide altogether you're not going to retire, and sometimes those guys end up retiring. So I don't really know where he stands with that. I, I just look at these smaller wide receivers, and more often than not, I'd say that they probably do leave a little bit earlier than others. I don't know. I mean, I feel like T.Y. Hilton's a perfect example. I mean, T.Y. Hilton, I believe, is 34 years old. His prime is well done. I wouldn't be surprised to see him retire possibly this offseason. I don't know if he already has. I know that he was working out with the Cowboys. I think he ended up catching a touchdown. I'll throw Antonio Brown out there. I mean, I know that's what you said. Well, that was a CTE, probably head himself, issue. But yeah. Look, look, but but look at there. Randall Cobb. Some of these smaller wide receivers just aren't hanging around Look at Randall Cobb. Randall Cobb's been around forever and a day, right? I think because Tyreek Hill right now is is on the outside and he's kind of Debo Samuel-ish. He does a lot of different things. He stretches the, right. the field. I think if you move him in the slot, he can be extended years, probably two to three more years. If you just put him extensively in the slot where you're not, he's not every day, all day, but he can still make great money and still make great plays. Yeah, I mean, that, that's probably if you would want to have him for the long term. But at the same time, Strick, you and I both know, because we've talked about Debo Samuel, is that, that that's what he is, right? I, I know that people complain, oh, he, he ended up getting hurt right before the season ended. He ended up coming back to the playoffs and all this. That's what makes him great. We look at Tyreek Hill, and yeah, you can move him to the slot, but is that really maximizing his ability? I, I mean, I don't know what it is. And I look at Mike McDaniel, and he's the orchestrator of this offense, and he and chose Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle, and decided that he wanted to base the entire offense around two smaller guys that can outrun everybody, that can play every position on the field. So it'll be interesting to see if they take that route, simply because what makes Tyreek Hill so good is getting the ball in his hands out the open field. Nate, we'll leave you with this. Should our Colts sign Lamar Jackson? Oh, goodness gracious. Um, I would say yes, just because of recent history. If we were talking about Andrew Luck only retiring a year ago, I'd probably say no and test the waters. Knowing what we know now and knowing how disastrous it's been getting this revolving door of quarterbacks, now it looks like if they don't get Lamar Jackson, you're going to draft the guy like an Anthony Richardson, like Will Levis, a guy that isn't NFL ready right now. We've got another two or three years of this, Austin. I mean, at what point does this magnet stop? I think that you do. And what's interesting about that, too, I don't know your thoughts on it, the Colts are right now the second favorite to get Lamar Jackson, number one being the Atlanta Falcons, who have openly said, we are not going after Lamar Jackson. Something to think about. My thoughts are, I would rather have good players than not have good players. Lamar Jackson's a good player. I'd go get him. It's fun to have good players. That's my thought. There's adjustments that have to be made, Nate. If you do, do. (laughs) I guess. Uh. Oh, wow. There, there are some adjustments that would need to be made. There's no doubt about it. Is the offensive coordinator willing to make a shift in, the style and the way that they're going to play because right. you, you can't run traditional styles of offense with, with Lamar. Right. So that'd be another thing to think about to consider. Yep. 
absolutely. Nate Brennan, we appreciate you. Uh, travel safe wherever it is you're going. Uh, keep cranking out those NFL draft stories, and uh, hopefully by the time we talk next, the Colts have signed Lamar Jackson. Well, guys, I'm actually coming back to uh, the land of the Cornhuskers, so who knows? Maybe I'll see you guys out in the town tonight. Eh, probably not. We'll see about that <laughs> Easter weekend. Time to hang out with the family. Appreciate you guys. Looking forward to talking to you next week. Absolutely. There he is, Nate Brennan, old friend of the program. Appreciate him and his time here on the block. Uh, Kenny Wilhite in the building, old school coming up next. We'll cross it over and get you set up for that. Uh, Jay will be a minute. Jay's got uh, an appointment. He's got business to attend to. So Kenny and I will take you through the first hour, but Strick's not out of here yet. We got the crossover before we get out of here.